Before we get into today's episode, I just want to give a huge shout out to everybody who has been supporting me, but more specifically, everybody who has allowed me to interview them on this podcast thus far. Thank you to my mom, my aunt, Miss Regina, my husband, to Devin, Coach Cree, Kia, and also anybody else who's in the lineup and you know who you are. Um, thank you guys so much. I also want to thank my loyal listeners. Thank you guys so much for all of the love that y'all have been showing me on my social platforms. Um, thank you for liking. Thank you for subscribing. Tell a friend to tell a friend and we're going to keep this thing rolling. Let's get into episode 10. Just in time for the holidays, this episode is brought to you by ATL Sugar Cookies with a Z. She does all kinds of cookies, but sugar cookies are her specialty. For the holidays, she'll be selling DIY cookie kits for $26. They come with 12 holiday-shaped cookies, three different color bags of icings, and assorted sprinkles or holiday candy to decorate your cookies with. So this is a perfect activity. For children and adults, she's also selling pre-decorated cookies, $20 for a dozen. She also offers she also offers up to six flavors of cookies, including but not limited to cookies and cream, gingerbread, and peanut butter sugar cookies. Call or text 404-913-2041 for all inquiries and orders. Today, I have a special guest with me, Mr. Marcus Pollard. He is the founder of Pollard's Produce, and he is also known as B. Pimpin'. So, Marcus, go ahead and introduce buzz. yourself. This is B. Pimpin coming at you with that straight buzz. How you doing out there, audience? So, Marcus, tell us about Pollard's Produce and tell us about uh, the bees. So, we, I really want to get into the bees, but I want you to talk a little bit about Pollard's Produce and how you got that business started and what inspired you. Well, how it got started was I'm into a lot of homesteading. So, mm-hmm. for people who don't know what homesteading is, it's basically being self-sufficient, growing your own food making sure you have the skills to survive, whether or not um, you have a social network or not, meaning like you can't go to the store or you can't do whatever. So um, just throughout my life, I've always been like trying to grow food and, you know, see what I can and can't do with the resources that I have, resources and skills that I have. So as I got better and better at it and I started growing my own organic food, um, People started to become interested in it, um, you know, the whole health thing that's going around right. now. Uh, people just wanted to get in on that uh, stuff. So anything I did, I used to just sell my my excess vegetables and pickles and, and right. stuff like that. So uh, that's generally how it got started. So, I mean, at first it was just for me and my family. And then so many people were interested in what I was growing and, and making, you know, I just turned it into a business so I could, you know, get a tax benefit out of it as well. <laughs> right. Because you're also an accountant. CPA. A CPA. Let's just go ahead and put it out me. there. CPA, MBA, undergrad from the illustrious North Carolina A&T. Right. Hey, get right. <laughs> okay. So um, where, so how did you get? started with the bees specifically because i know that's become your main focus lately yeah 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 so uh the bees got started just because i needed more pollinators for my plants and vegetables right so um as you know in the in the, in the natural world right now there's not as many pollinators so mm-hmm. to get a bigger yield of, of food in my on my homestead i needed bees so i got a beehive and then from there, I just fell in love with the bees. Like, really? Yeah, there was just so much to the bees that were just interesting to me. So I started off with one. I got two more. And then I started learning. And now I got up to 28 at one time. Um, so just the whole dynamic of the bee society, you know, the honey, you know, just how they interact with each other, mm-hmm. how they interact with the environment is finding interesting. And then it just kind of grew from there. Okay. So... How tell talk a little bit about the bee society though that you just mentioned because I thought it was interesting when I found out because you told me that I think they're the beehive is all women or all female bees for the most part, right? For the most part, it's mostly women, right? So, what happens to the male bees? So, the male bees themselves they only come around during the spring and summertime, and the winter, fall and winter, they kick them out to just die. All the ladies listening. <laughs> All the men die in the in the in the in the society and bees. So it's crazy. 
Yeah. Um, but yes, most of the 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 bees are gonna be women. They're the ones who produce all the other bees. They're the ones who forage for the nectar, the water, the pollen. They're the defenders of the hive. They do everything in the society. So, that's crazy. That's yeah. that's a fun fact about bees uh, yeah. for everybody out there listening. So uh, I know recently, just in recent time with global warming and all that, we talk about the environment. So how are bees good for the environment for those people who don't know? So obviously what bees are do, they're pollinators, right? right. Now there is a, this, this stigma out there that there's a decline or there's a huge decline in the honeybee population. While that's true, you know, honeybees aren't really native to North America in general. Okay. They were brought over here by uh, European settlers from oh. Italy and stuff like that. So technically, they're not even supposed to be here. Oh, okay. We're being quite I didn't honest, know that. Right? So, but we do need pollinators mm-hmm. to make sure the crops are growing, right? Because a crop won't grow without a pollinator for some of them. Some are wind pollinated, but a lot of them are insect pollinated, right? Oh. So with our monocrop agricultural system where we have these thousands of acres of land just growing one thing like corn or soy, you need pollinators to go out there and pollinate the flowers so that produces a fruit. So a fruit doesn't mean necessarily like an apple or an orange. It could be anything where it turns from a flower to an edible something. So a bee, since a bee needs to uh, gather pollen for its young, that's their protein source, they have little hairs on their body, all over their body called scopa, mm-hmm. right? So when they visit a, uh, a flower, the pollen gets stuck to the scopa, and as they're going around gathering the pollen and the nectar, they are taking the pollen that falls off their body and some of it gets into the flower. So that's how the uh, the flowers get to germinate. Oh, okay. That's interesting. So tell us about some of the benefits of honey. Ooh. <laughs> honey. <laughs> now we're getting to the sweet side of the business. <laughs> <laughs> so there, honey. What, what, what can't you do with honey? So... Let's just go ahead and get one thing straight. If you want the best honey, you come to Bee Pimpin'. You know, Paula's Produce got the best honey on the East Coast. Right. You know, so let's talk about the benefits of the honey. Not only is it super delicious and you can put it on basically anything you want. You know, you people with diabetes out there, go ahead and suck some of that that honey down. It's delicious (laughs) and healthy. It is healthy. So, uh, the benefits... um, so natural honey that's unpasteurized. So pasteurization means you heat up the honey, and uh, you may have heard of pasteurized milk and all that mm-hmm. other kind of stuff. So what pasteurization does is kill all the bacteria, right? So um, early on in agriculture, you know, nothing was pasteurized, right. right? So everything was just natural. Came straight from the cow, straight from the hive. Um, and then we developed a system called pasteurization to try to kill some of the bacteria that were um, found in some of those those items. But what we didn't know was that this is also good bacteria. Right. Right. So in, in the natural unpasteurized honey that we sell, um, it still has all the good bacteria in it, um, all the good proteins, peptides, everything in there for you, right? So it's a, it's a probiotic. It has a little bit of uh, hydrogen peroxide in it, so you can use it as a topical care wound. So you have a cut, you can oh, actually okay. put raw natural honey on it, and it'll stop it from getting infected. I should have did that this morning. I have some pollard produce. I have some of the bee, the honey from you. And this morning I sliced my thumb open, um, being silly, and I sliced it open. But I just ran water on it. I didn't put any honey on it. But if I had known that, I would put some. Yeah, on yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, you don't want to, you know, treat a gaping wound with it, right? But, right. You know, it can in a pinch. You can use it to to help some of that kind of stuff. So. Okay. So a few episodes ago, I spoke with a young woman about target audiences. And she said that her first business, she was selling clothes and she figured everybody would be her target audience because everybody wears clothes. And I know with Polish Produce, you were selling produce at a point and now you're focusing more so on the honey. How do you gauge your target audience for that business? Because, I mean, in my mind, I would think, well, everybody needs food. But like I know the grocery store is kind of more convenient than trying to seek out somebody who is selling it independently. Our target audience really is everybody, right? But there's a little bit of education that we need to give. We, mm-hmm. as in um, 
my business needs to give to, to the audience, right? A lot of people don't actually know where honey comes from, right? They know, in general, it comes mm-hmm. from the bees, but they don't know, you know, how it's made, you right. know, how the how you actually get it out of the hive, right? And what actually goes into getting it, right? Right. So with our 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 updated infrastructure in the in the in the world where food is available twenty four seven, right? There isn't a time of or period of the year where you're not going to be able to get basically what you want, right? And in the natural world, that's just not how things happen, right? Right. So honey isn't. Especially if you're like in a local area, it's not going to be available 24-7 because honey is made from nectar and pollen. So mm-hmm. nectar is only available in a very short window of time in the spring and okay. early summer, right? Right. So the bees have to gather that nectar, uh, do their little process to it, and then they dehydrate it. So just in general, you can't have honey all year long, right? Right. So... Um, that that's one thing, right? Okay, so tell us about the different types of honey. All right, so there's honey comes in three different ways uh, normally, right? So it's that liquid honey that y'all generally see everywhere mm-hmm. in the squeeze bottles, right? But there's also two different types. There's uh, chunk honey and comb honey. So chunk honey actually has a little bit of the wax in the bottle, right? So it comes in a mason jar, comes with the wax because beeswax. Right. It's 100% beeswax. Oh, okay. Right? So yeah. uh, beeswax actually is honey. Did you know that? No, I did not know right. that. So how the bees produce it is they have wax glands on their abdomens. Mm-hmm. So to build out their nest, right, they need to have wax, right? So they ingest the honey, and then they convert it into wax from their abdomens. They pull it off their abdomens, and then they chew it up and make those forms that you see. Right, so I wish y'all could see my face right now as he's explaining. <laughs> so it's actually a hundred percent honey, but it takes so much of the bees' resources to make uh, to make wax. Right, so uh, some estimates are six to one, so six grams of honey to make one gram of of beeswax. Bees yes. Wow. That's why when you see products that are 100% beeswax, they're a lot more expensive, right? Because it takes so much of the bees' effort to actually make that wax, right? Mm -hmm. But it's also extremely good for you, right? Right. uh, A lot of people chew, but that's comb honey, right? Chunk honey. Comb honey is actually just the pure, natural way that the honey will come from the hive, right? Right. So I just cut that straight from the hive. Mm -hmm. There's... That's untouched by man, unprocessed. That is how you would find it if you were in the wild, right? Right. So, Like it, Winnie the Pooh. Like Winnie the Pooh, right? <laughs> That's all I could think so. about this whole episode. <laughs> was I was thinking about Winnie the Pooh walking through the 100 Acre Woods with his, with his bowl of honey. <laughs> yeah. So that is really... So in the, uh, about 100 years ago, before modern uh, beekeeping practices, you could only get it in the comb honey. Wow. Uh, fashion, right. So it's it's just the honeycomb with the honey inside the cells mm-hmm. with the wax covering on it, right? So it's it, it's very good. It's very hard to get. So that's why generally those are more expensive, right? Six grams of honey for one gram of wax. But you can also, the benefits of having the wax is is that you can eat it, right? right? So it's good for your digestive tract, right? It has all the benefits of helping like stomach ulcers and stuff like that. Oh, okay. This would be, seen on WebMD. Uh, I'm just not making this up. But <laughs> He's citing his sources. But it actually, uh, you can use it as a substitute for gum, right? So if you like sweet things, but you don't want to use, you know, sweet gums and stuff, just bite a piece of that wax off and just chew it and you can chew it for a while. Do you think you could chew it with braces though? Because I have braces. Actually, don't you have to put wax I on do put braces? wax on my braces yeah. when they're sticking me in the side of the uh, yeah. cheek. Yeah, there you go. I have to try this out. I might run it by my orthodontist first, yeah. but I definitely think I might try. Give it, a, give it a shot. Let me know how that goes. I never actually thought about that. So yeah. Ask, let me know because I think uh, yeah, you might just help some people out. But um, well, they got to come to you now to get the. You better believe. Yeah. It. So. You better believe it. Be sure if it has what you need. 
But uh, I got to get some. But yeah, so the education is like a lot of people when they see the the honeycomb, they're 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 confused. It's like, what is that? Right. You know, why is it in there? Right. Right. It looks really pretty though. Yeah. Like it's aesthetically pleasing when I like Agreed. on your website. If y'all go to his website, you can see them, and I'll post a picture of um one of them on my Instagram. But it's really pretty. Right. Right. So when you, when you ask about my target audience, you know, you know, everybody wants honey, but. The way it comes, you know, sometimes it's a little confusing to people, but that's only generally an American thing. Um, Mm. A lot of different cultures, if they're from like Asia or the Middle East or uh, Africa or Europe, they're used to saying the honeycomb because generally that's how it comes. Right. Mm. And a lot of people don't believe it's real honey um, if it doesn't have the comb with it or it doesn't come in the comb. Right. Because if I just put it in the squeeze bottle, you don't know what else I could put in there. Right. Not, not be pimping because be right. pimping keeps it keeps it one hundred. Right. But a lot of people they could put sugar syrup in there unless you're sending it to a lab, you're never gonna tell the difference. Right. right. So getting it in the cone, you know that's not this that's unadulterated. So that's just just one of the, the hurdles I get for uh trying to offer the best product on the market a lot of people so do you do you sell like do you produce to sell to like small stores or no and stuff like that okay you don't i sell just uh just from from beekeeper to consumer straight to the market why uh so if i were to go through a third party there's a lot more regulations to go with that right so then i have to have the fda come and I have to set up an FDA certified honey processing facility and get, do a lot more paperwork and do so basically capital expenditures, right? Right. Um, that's one. Number two is selling retail. Oh, CPA, CPA coming back. <laughs> <laughs> selling retail is more profitable than selling wholesale, right? Okay. So, um, in order for our beekeeping to be a profitable business as a small commercial beekeeper you really have to sell uh your products retail not wholesale and that that is true i have sold some of my waste beads wholesale before and i sell them for cheaper like it's because they're buying more right but i make a more more of a profit when i sell them retail like individually right than when i do right. um do that i i don't mind selling those wholesale though because like sometimes like i get like I guess overstock and I have a whole bunch that have been on like my rack for a while. Right. And I like to kind of just be like, okay, let me right. take these off because they've been sitting there. Right. So they haven't been selling the things that sell quickly. I usually, uh, I don't make so many of them because I feel like there's kind of like a mental game that you play a little bit with, uh, consumers when it comes to certain things. Like right. if they feel like something's limited edition or if they feel like it's special, right. they'll be like, oh, okay, well, she's only going to make these at this time of the year. She's right. not going to make them any other time of the year. So I have to get them at this time and right. I'll sell more right. that way. So like Absolutely. I did a whole, uh, a whole series of pearl beads, like, and they were pearls. I don't, not necessarily real pearls. They were check beads, but they were pearl. And um, those beads I, I sold, uh, only at the end of the summer, and I sold out of all of those within a week of making them. Right, product diversity is mm-hmm. important. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and while we're still we're on the product uh, topic of product diversity, did you know that there's tons of other products that come from beehives? No, like what? Right. So any of you aspiring beekeepers out there, here's a free lesson for you. I just paid to take this class, so you're getting, <laughs> this, you're getting this for free here. You're getting it for free. All right, so. As we, we all know, the, the primary thing that people think of with bees is honey, right? Right. Honey, wax, whatever. But there's also something in there called propolis, right? Okay. It's, uh, we, it's known as bee glue. Right? Okay. So it's actually tree and flower resin, right? But they, 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 uh, they glue everything down and make it uh, make they, so they can... Uh, what's the word? I don't know. Because <laughs> well, I, well, I don't know the word because I don't know what so they do with it. <laughs> they, uh, they regulate the airflow in the hive, right? So they okay. can regulate where the airflow and protect from predators like those small hive beetles or varroa mites, right? But the uh, propolis actually has an antimicrobial and antibacterial property. So, you know, if, uh, if it has a lot of propolis in the hive, that's a very healthy hive. Right? Okay. So it's going to kill all the diseases. And in primitive dentistry, did you know that they actually used to pack your cavities with propolis no. to prevent infection? 
So you can actually chew on the propolis, which I do, you know, sometimes if I get a get a little piece of it, I'll chew on it to to cleanse out my mouth. Right. So now we're finding out that we can use wax, beeswax for your braces and, <laughs> <laughs> and propolis for your just your teeth in yes. general to keep yes. uh, infection down. So you can actually buy things called propolis tinctures. Okay. You know, tinctures are uh, like little droplet bottles. I know a lot of people who are into apothecary and natural healing. Right. People in Europe use tinctures a lot. Uh-huh. But you can buy those. Like So if you're sick, you have the flu, sore throat or whatever, obviously you drink some tea with honey and it to soothe the sore throat right but to actually kill like the infection and, and bacteria and stuff you can actually put a little droplets of the propolis tincture on your tongue or under your tongue and it actually wow. helps speed this up right so um propolis is another very very beneficial thing that comes out of the bees right um <clears throat> so there's there's tons of products like and obviously with the wax Right. Um, you can make different things like candles, lip balms, right. all stuff like that. So, I um, One of the women that I've interviewed for this show, she does hand poured like candles and yeah, wax melts. Yeah, I heard that episode. You heard that episode? Yeah. yeah. Makes and, me want to get a couple of candles. Oh my God, they smell so good. Like, y'all need, I, I highly recommend it. Highly recommend it. But she uses soy wax. Yeah. So now I'm wondering, like, if she would do an experiment for me with <laughs> with the beeswax. Yeah. Um, I have to reach out to her and ask, but So B Pim is actually getting in the wax building as well. Okay. Like candle candle making as well. So he'll be selling candles. Okay. Okay, I, I highly recommend that she she was a science major. Well, you heard the wow, episode. Yeah. Yeah. So like she never thought about it like that, but like the way those things smell, like I have never smelled something so like it was so fresh and so potent, and it wasn't overwhelming. Yeah, it was perfect. I was just like, I don't even want to send these off yeah. to anybody I'm else. I want to keep them. <laughs> I'm gonna have to get me a couple of those. They, they, yeah, they, they did sound real good. And we all talked about. It. I mean, I'm not even into candles, but I want a couple. Of oh candles. my god, I'm gonna buy some from her for like the holidays. Well, this yeah, for the holidays. So you'll probably, you might receive some right. now that I know you want some. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always, and then I'm always trying to figure out like gifts to give people who came on my show. Yeah. So that, that might work for you. Yeah. But have you ever thought about getting into selling the beeswax? Yes. So uh, I will be selling like blocks of beeswax, but like we just discussed, you know, selling things retail is better than selling wholesale. Right, right. right. So that one, one pound block of beeswax you know, I might sell for ten dollars or right. whatever. I, I mean, make lip balms for a dollar or two dollars. Right? Oh, you make lip balms? Are you going to get into I'm, it? I'm getting into a 2021 people. Okay, so this is going to evolve. Yeah, this is evolving, right? You can make so many products. Yeah. From wax or I mean, and even if you buy, you know, the chunk or comb, honey, you can make your own products with the wax if you don't want to eat it. And you right? still have some available right yes. now. Yes. The it's, it's the still. chunk. Honey. Chunk and the comb, honey, okay. is still available on our website. The squeeze bottles are all gone. Our squeeze bottles are all gone. Okay. So, you know, you got to get, you got to get, those are the American favorites, so right. you got to get on those pretty quick. But chunk and comb is still available. Okay. Next year, we're going to have uh, lip balms, candles, propolis tinctures. I was going to say, I was just about to ask, are you going to get into selling the propolis? Oh, yeah. Because that oh, sounds yeah. like... Yeah, it's going to be great. If the wax works for my braces, though, like, <laughs> I I just, I don't even know. Like, I'm, do you have any wax, like, right now? Oh, like, absolutely. I might have to come and try it and see if that works. Yeah, absolutely. Because if I that works so. for my braces, then yeah. I'm probably just going to always come get some. Yeah, so I, if I, I can be very it. interested in I yeah. I know I said I don't ask for discounts, but like at this point, like I feel like this is a science experiment. <laughs> so I, <laughs> it's a science yeah, I experiment. Trying to find a way to justify getting discounts. <laughs> man, we do you wrong, don't right? We? Oh man, that's terrible. That's terrible. Your family is does not. <laughs> no, they don't. I love my family. Yeah, that's what I was telling on the same episode. I was telling Devin about. I was like, my family has kind of been super supportive of like the waist beads and stuff like that but yeah. um obviously i'm not gonna be wearing waist beads right uh, you're not pimping policy it's a <laughs> but your wife has some yes my wife does have some yes so that's still support those things are moving up though i thought they were supposed to go down oh my god <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna leave her alone <laughs> 
Okay, well, did you have any more gems you want to drop, like knowledge about the bees, about the honey, about your industry? Yeah, we're still in the product phase, right? Right. So, you can also sell bees if you know how to raise your queens. Oh, okay. If you know how to raise queens uh, appropriately, you know, if you're, they're open mated, meaning they uh, go out and just mate with drones at the drone congregation area, you can actually sell those bees for about $30 a bee, for one bee. Really? Yeah. So... But, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead and finish what you're saying. You might answer my question. So then you have uh, instrument inseminated bees, which is a whole new level of skill, right? Um, these are, you pick the best genetics from the best bees you have or the best bees in the world, right? Mm-hmm. And you can actually breed different um, characteristics into the bees, whether it be um, honey production, propolis production, gentleness, um, ramping up oh. for uh, just, just making a lot more bees. Those can be sold for hundreds of dollars for really? one solitary bee. How do you do, how, like, is the, I feel like this, in my mind, I just went to a science lab and I see them having a little bee on the table and, like, a needle. That's exactly what happens. Oh, really? That's exactly what happens, though. So there's a instrument insemination set. You have to get the queen bee and then you have to get the semen from the drones, right? Okay. And then you take that semen and actually inject it into the bee, into, into her uh, spermatheca. And then you have, you know exactly what genetics are in that queen. Wow. So it's, it's fascinating. Because did you know that an open mated queen can mate up with up to 50 different drones at one time? Not at one time, but one after another. <laughs> okay. Choo choo. That's crazy. But where do the drones come from? If the men, if the male bees die, where do so, they even come from? They come from the queen, right? So uh, they they lay drone eggs, which are unfertilized eggs, um, in the spring and mm-hmm. the summertime, right? To help the pop the species propagate. So the drones, the, their their sole purpose in life is to mate with the queen, right? Obviously, they don't want to mate with their mother queen, right? right. So if they if they come from the same hive, they don't want to mate with a queen that came from that hive, right? Okay. Um, so they go to an area called a drone congregation area. Think of it as like a bar. Okay. Dudes are just buzzing around, you know, waiting for a queen to come. Okay. And actually, you can tell the difference between a drone and a worker bee because their eyes are bigger. Their drone's right? eyes are bigger. Yes, the drone's eyes are bigger. They like to have sunglasses on. Oh, okay. Right? So those eyes are specifically developed to identify queens in flight. So... As they go to the drone congregation area, a virgin queen will go to that area okay. and fly around. And then the the drones will basically fight to see who can mate with her. Wow. And then it could be about 15 to 50 drones that will mate with the bee. And then she will go back to the hive and then start laying. Uh, crazy, that's right? That's crazy. crazy. Yeah, that's insane. That's insane. Yeah. The more I learn about the bee thing, it's just... It's very uh, intriguing. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't like buzzing, so I don't know if I would get into doing the bees. Maybe I'll just stick to growing lettuce yeah. since that's clearly my calling. But not, <laughs> <laughs> not the, I don't know about the bees. I do have two aloe vera plants, though, that are mm. doing really well. And they're doing really good. And I'm very excited. But like, I have to get into the, the repotting yeah. space because now they're, I can see their roots. Yeah. Like So I'm just like, oh, God. Yeah. I'm scared to repot them, but. We'll yeah. see how that goes. Uh. <laughs> so um, that that's one thing, right? So, and to be quite honest, there's, there's research out there that the demand for uh, honey is larger than the supply. Okay. But, big pimping, you may say, there's always honey in the store. And wrong. That honey you're getting in the store, those big box stores, Walmart, Kroger. Right. We can get the same brand of honey no matter where you go in the country. Newsflash, ladies and gentlemen, that's not real honey. So it's not real honey? What is it then? So the USDA actually put out a a guidance basically saying that if you have a certain percentage of honey Mm -hmm. in the product, you can... You can just say it's honey. You can just say it's raw organic honey when in fact it is adulterated with different syrups and sugar syrups and cane syrups. Wow. So if you're getting it from the store, you're probably not getting real honey. You really need to find um, a beekeeper that you trust. Right. Trustworthy (laughs) one out there. Or you go to a farmer's market uh, because to really get the the benefits of honey, 
especially if you're using it for allergy um, needs right. to try to immunize, immunize yourself from your seasonal allergies. You right. need to get honey from within 50 miles of where you live. Right. So what is the season for people to buy the honey from you? Because you said the nectar is only available in the, you said the spring. So about February to June is what we call the main nectar flow. Okay. Right? So that's when 90% of the honey is going to be produced here in Georgia. Right. So uh, June, the beginning of June, uh, I start to harvest the honey um, for sale. Okay. So people basically in the summer, the summer to the fall is when people can buy the honey from you. And then after that, it's out of season until the next year. Right. Wow. That's insane. So how, I guess, how costly is it to kind of start beekeeping and to to kind of maintain it? That depends on uh, what your goals are, right? If you want to be a commercial beekeeper, it's going to be quite, uh, quite expensive. But if Mm -hmm. you just want to get a beehive and get yourself just a little bit of honey. Right. It doesn't cost that much, maybe a few hundred dollars. Really? Yeah. Because you can get a package of bees. Uh, for 90 bucks, or if you're uh, diligent enough, you can go get your own free bees, right? Because in the springtime, bees swarm. If you can catch one, get your uh, equipment and put it in a box. There, you have a free hive of bees, and then you can get your own honey. Do you have to be, like, certified to catch bees if they're swarming? Or no. you can just... just... You just go do it. So if... That's that's crazy to me. I have a coworker who is very interested in the bees and um, I know you were supposed to come do a little presentation at my job before COVID hit yep, yep, and she yep. was very excited for you to come but um, I now I can tell her <laughs> or I can have her listen to this episode yep, so she can learn yep. that she can just go catch her own bees to yep. start her own beehive. Now it has to be a little bit of a skill right? Right. So you don't just want to go out there and grab handfuls and of bees. scoop them up. Right. <laughs> you might be you know in for a rude awakening but when they are in the little in the swarm ball, they are actually very docile. So the likelihood of you getting stung is very minimal. Really? Yeah. And so honeybees, are they the ones that sting you and the stinger comes out of them and then they die after they sting you? Yeah. Okay. I yep. was wondering, because I know like wasp that doesn't work for them. They can just like right. sting you and keep stinging. <laughs> right. Because they have a, a smooth stinger where okay. honeybees have a barbed stinger. Oh, the only, okay. The only bee that can sting you repeatedly, but most likely will not happen, is the queen. The queen still has a uh, smooth stinger. Wow. Yeah, but they're not going to sting you. How does that happen? That's so strange. How do how does the queen get the smooth stinger and everybody else has the barb stinger? Because they uh, they they evolved because the queen only is going to kill other queens in the in the colony, so mm. she needs a smooth barb to eradicate her enemies, and uh, so she has to be able to sting repeatedly. Wow, that's savage. Yeah. The bees are savage. Yeah. Okay, so when it comes to becoming a beekeeper, how would you recommend someone get their start if they were? Interesting. So if you want to be a beekeeper, I would recommend maybe joining a bee club first, right? They, they're all over the nation, right? So they, they allow you to talk to different beekeepers, get the information. Um, some of them put on classes that actually handle the live bees. So you can actually ask your questions, see what goes into it, and see if you actually enjoy it. Um, that would probably be step two, actually. So step Which one. step one? Step one should go, you go to your allergist and make sure you're not allergic to bees. Right. right. While it's very rare that people are allergic to bees, you know, if you are, it can be kind of Yeah, know, you probably bad, could, bad you don't need to do that. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> pick another career path. Right. Um, but that would be step one and step two. Uh, step three would just be buying your equipment and getting to it, right? Because the bees are know what they have to do, right? We're kind of just trying to assist them in their efforts, right? Right. Um, so you'll quickly learn what you can and can't do because the bees will let you know. Okay. <laughs> okay. So do you know, or like, do you know many other um, African-American beekeepers, though? Not one. You don't know one? I don't know one. I am the only one. <laughs> Definitely so, within a 50-mile radius, probably, yeah, of Atlanta. I have seen... Uh, a post where maybe there's one guy in Marietta. Okay. I haven't met him or, or have I seen him at any of the conventions or any of the different trainings or classes that I go through around Metro Atlanta. So um, I'm the only one I've ever seen. Okay. Okay. So then that's something that probably, like, are you interested in pushing that to younger? So um, yeah, I mentor kids right now. Okay. A few black, black kids. Oh, why am I, why am I lying on here? 
I do know a couple of black beekeepers because I mentor them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see color, ladies and gentlemen. Oh my god! <laughs> Please don't do that. Uh, okay. But, <laughs> but yes, no, I do know a, a couple of black beekeepers that are new to it that I actually mentor. Right. Okay. Um, one is in, or well, they're both in Atlanta, and then I also do two kids, two children. Okay. Um, so they're into it as well. Okay. So what are some hurdles that you've had to o- overcome as a beginning? You were like a farmer and now you're a beekeeper. So what were some hurdles that you had to overcome? Uh, time and capital were the okay. biggest hurdles, right? Because as I stated before, I am a, I'm an accountant by trade. So most of my income comes from uh, working a full-time job, right? So, right. Um, time is one factor and then capital is the next right because you need you need space to be able to you know grow what you want or do what you want to do right um so originally i was just doing a little small garden at my house and then as i started to expand you know i started to buy more land mm-hmm. and had bigger and better ideas of what i want to do so those were the biggest hurdles right right if you had to choose between one and beekeeping, about, okay, Jesus Christ, beekeeping, beekeeping over farming. Oh, beekeeping over farming. I thought you, meant, I thought you was going to say something about accounting. No, oh my God. <laughs> somebody save me. Beekeeping over farming, definitely. That's your choice. Yeah, beekeeping is a little bit more dynamic. Um, it's a lot more fun to me. Um, I mean. Biting into something that you actually grew is a phenomenal feeling. So anybody who hasn't done it, please give it a try. It'll change your life, change your perspective on what actual food is. Um, but I would probably focus more on beekeeping. Uh, one, there's a lot more money into it. And two, it's just the society and the study of bees is is, is really fascinating to me. Right. So um, you you mentioned that you being self-sufficient or uh with your own land was something that was important to you so yeah. why why is that so important to you and do you think it should be something that should be collectively i guess important to people of color absolutely that i think that is one of the biggest misconceptions we have in our community um we need to own land if you don't own anything else you need to own land the basic this is the cpa coming out people ladies and gentlemen let me remind you. <laughs> get ready get ready I am a CPA. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) The basis and foundation of most people's wealth comes from land ownership. So it's not your house. It's not your car. It's not your jewelry. All of that stuff either depreciates or appreciates over time and ebbs and flows. Land. There's no more land that's ever going to be made. There's a finite resource. That's true. You need to scoop up as much as you can, right? Right. That is the best investment vehicle you can have is land. Um, Not only is land important for a financial burden, but if you come on hard times, it's better to set up a tent on your own land and live under a bridge. So get some land, people. Well, I guess that's true. So how how much land do you own, if you don't mind me asking? I own nine acres in total. Okay. And do you have... I'm working towards a hundred. You're working towards 100. Yeah, I wanted my 40 acres, and I was going to get a mule just to to spite people. But then I wanted to set my sights a little bit bigger, and I want 100 acres now. Okay. So, because I was, and we talked about this a little bit before we got on, I was reading this article about there only being about 45,000 black farmers um, in America. And it was like, I think it said black farmers only make up or own about 0.52% of the land. Yeah. And I was like, that's insane. Yeah, it was a lot larger um, decades ago where when, you know, obviously we got freed as slaves and we started actually building our own communities. Right. But throughout time, for various reasons, um, we, we lost that ownership. We, mm-hmm. we got away from the agriculture. We started moving into cities and started focusing our efforts on things other than that. So. Right. I do have another question So, in regard to, like, the land. And this is strictly your opinion. I want you to give your opinion. Do you think that systemic racism plays a part in the ability to access viable farmland for black people? Yes and no. Okay. Um, like, for, for me, I was able to just buy the land, right? Right. Um, no one was stopping me from doing it. The only thing that I had to do was look for it. Put my offering in, put my offer in, and get it right. Okay. Um, because honestly, I mean, people won't even know you're black until 
you know, you actually go to the, to the, uh, to the, uh, what day? What do you do? You sign the papers to get have them transfer closing. Closing. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's no there's no real way of them knowing well, you know what color you also I think a lot of people just don't want to do the work, right? You know, I, I, I've noticed in 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 our community, our world is kind of small, right? Right. Um you know, there's there's that phrase, well black people don't do this. Okay. Find something new to do. Right. So but farming is a lot of hard work and I think I think there's a little bit of internalized like history where it's like, well, I'm not getting into this agriculture stuff because we did it for so long right. for free. You know, it's like I want to go do something else. I want to be, you know, I want to own something different, right, and do mm-hmm. something different. But and at the end of the day, the only thing we need is shelter, food, and water, right? Mm-hmm. So if you have everybody else controlling your food source, right. Are you really successful? Can you really make it in this world? Can you really survive without the help of somebody else? Are you still a slave? Right? If you're right. depending on somebody so, else. So I mean that's a you. that's a different way to think about it. Yeah, if you are depending on the grocery store to provide your food right. or I mean we have a prime example right now. Look how look how crazy people acted when corona hit. Right. Right. All the toilet tissue was gone. Right. <laughs> right. All the toilet tissue was gone. All the canned goods were gone. Yeah. You know, we if you weren't doing that yourself, you know, you probably were in a panic. Me and my family, when it hit, we were like, oh, okay. Right. We just kept it going, right? Because we yeah. slaughter our own animals. We raise yeah. our own food. We grow, we grow our own food. We can it. So, I mean, if you control your own food source, you really control your own destiny. Right. I mean, if you, if someone can say, well, I'm not going to give you this food, you know, what are you going to do? Right. You know, you're not going to be able to run that Fortune 500 company if you're starving. Right. That's true. That's true. But I guess like on the same end, like how how could people really get that started? Like especially like everybody's so focused kind of on like their jobs and providing for their family in a different way. But that takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of like failures and lessons that have to be learned because like I just started getting into plants, but I'm only into succulents. Like I'm a true millennial. <laughs> like, I can't like I can do those because like it does. It takes me. I water them every two weeks. I talk to them and that's about it. <laughs> and then like I have a bamboo up there. I have two. Um, one that's really big and two that are little. Yeah. But like I tried I've done the window garden with the old vegetables. Like yeah. I have grown romaine lettuce before yeah. and it was successful. Yeah. But I've also messed it up a couple times and like it's gotten brown but i mean how do people stay motivated when they're trying to grow because like at this point i feel like people might take this information and be like okay i need to start trying to grow right now and if i can't grow for my family then my food what am i gonna do because they might be trying to grow like in a pinch you know because everybody has seen now because of covid they've seen like the panic and they understand they have a better understanding that uh, things could go any type of way. Like you could either, either all, we could have a food shortage and you're out here kind of looking crazy, trying to figure out where you're going to get food for your family from, yep. or like you could be, you could lose your job and then you're still going to be trying to figure out where to get food from your family. Right. But I guess what, what advice would you give to people to start, like to get that started and to stay motivated? Well, just get just get started. Um, it doesn't take much space, right? So you're gonna have failures. I think people need to get a little bit more accustomed to things failing, right? Right, um, because it is can be very very disappointing to grow your own food or raise bees or do anything, right? Because things are gonna happen. Bad things are gonna happen because mm-hmm. you're kind of at the mercy of the weather, you yeah. know, the, whatever space you have available. But if you just get started with something easy, uh, something easy that can be grown without much problem. You know, green vegetables and green like le- leafy vegetables, like right. you, like you just you just said. Okay. Um, one of the easiest things you can grow is cucumbers. Really? Yes. Okay. It's a cucumber vine. It takes you know it grow. It's a vine, so it's gonna grow about six seven feet long, right? But if you put it up on a trellis, which is just like a fence post or anything that it can crawl up, it can actually be on the ground too. But uh, you know, bugs will get to it. Right. Um, that's very easy. So if you want to really like just get started, go. Go to Walmart, get a $2 pack of seeds, and just grow some cucumbers. Okay. Once you bite into that cucumber and see, like, wow, this tastes much different than what you can get in the store, right. 
that should actually help your motivation and make you try something different. You know, so starting off with something easy, something low, it will really help out with your motivation. Maybe I'll start off with a cucumber. Well, I did the romaine lettuce and that did work, but yeah. I grew that in my house. Like right. I did. Like, okay, you remember I was growing avocado plants yeah. Yeah. and it was like they were doing good in the summer. And then when it finally got like super cold, even though they were inside, yeah. they just kind of stopped growing. I told you. They, you did. And I they wouldn't you. grow anymore. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. Like they were stuck. Yeah. Like they weren't really dying. They just wouldn't grow. Yeah. You have and, to you have to pick stuff that actually will grow in your region, right? right. So USDA puts out a map to show that gives you okay. growing zones. I so have to pick, put that on my Instagram. Pick <laughs> fruits and vegetables that actually work in your growing zone. Okay, and you'll be a lot more successful, right? I think a lot of people are just like, well, I like to eat, you know, chocolate. I'm a girl chocolate tree, you know, right. I'm a young girl here. They're like, well, I can't do it. You grew the wrong things. Oh, okay. So um, I know a lot of people that uh, probably won't have the space to grow exactly what they need for right. their family, right? But if you are really good at growing lettuce, right, mm-hmm. and you have a friend that's really good at growing, that has apple trees, right? Okay. You know, most of the time, those apple trees are going to produce a lot more than you need, right? But if you're good at growing lettuce, you two can trade. Okay. Right? It's kind of like, what is it, a co-op? Is that yes, what that is? Yes, yeah. like a co-op or a barter system, right? Because mm-hmm. we're, I mean, people in general, we're com- communal animals, right? So we need other people. Right. Regardless of, you know, what you may think or what I may think about being self-sufficient, mm-hmm. you're always going to need other people, right? You can't right. do everything by yourself. Um, we're stronger as a, as a group, stronger mm-hmm. as a team. Um, so working true. together really, really does make the dream come true. So Teamwork makes the dream work. There you go. <laughs> That's my mantra at work. Okay. uh, Well, I think that that's all the questions. Oh, wait. I do have another question. Are there any specific, like, loans or grants that you would encourage aspiring farmers to take advantage of? Tons of grants, tons of loans, tons of grants for uh, minorities, women, um, basically everybody, right? So you go out to the USDA page. Mm-hmm. There actually are some agents out there that can actually help you navigate what you are trying to do and get those loans and grants, right? So, I mean, there's loans out there that will give you a gigantic greenhouse, basically. Really? Yeah. I mean, you huh. just got to have the space and say, I'm going to grow this in, in the ground, and they'll give it to you. Um, they'll give you the money to build it. Um, there's grants out there to build wells. Um, they'll. How does that work? I thought wells were just naturally occurring. I did. You thought a well was naturally I just occurring. thought that a well was just... Bricks in the, in the bucket? No, like I just thought that like a well, there was just like a natural water source in oh, the that's ground. Spring. That's called a spring. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, see, it shows how much well, I know. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I don't know everything. Yeah. But what, what, what they do is they just give you money to actually tap into that, that, that spring. Right, so they'll have a truck come out. They'll give you the money for the truck to come out, find the water source that's in the ground, Mm -hmm. drill a hole, and then you can pump that water from under the ground and use it, whether it's in your house or for your vegetables. Wow, because Nate has a best friend who has a well in his backyard, and that's what they use in their house. That's their water source. Mm -hmm. It's actually really good water, too. Yeah, that's what, and that's what he said. (laughs) That's yeah, that is what he. But yeah, that's what he said. He said the water tastes like different, but he said yeah. it's good. Yeah. That's insane. Okay. So people need to go on the USDA website basically to For figure sure. out what grows in their region, to figure right. out what kind of grants and loans they can get. Right. Um, you like beekeeping over uh, <laughs> over yeah. farming. Yeah. And I think that's about it. Did you have anything else you wanted to tell people? You need to plug all your social media well, uh, networks. Right. Go to paulsproduce.com to get that fresh honey. Uh, YouTube. Is B Pimpin, B E E P I M P N. Also on Facebook, B Pimpin. Check them out. Get some good information about bees, beekeeping. You can learn some stuff. You can see me actually work some of the bees. Right, yeah, because you put, I remember in the in the summer you were doing a lot where you were going live yeah. um, about with the bees and yeah. stuff like that. So that was cool. So if you guys ever want to get a tutorial, a quick free tutorial about some things that you could be doing with bees, you definitely need to follow. College Produce on Facebook and YouTube also so you could learn some things. Well, all right, Marcus. Thanks for hopping on the podcast today. 
I appreciate you for giving people their insight about bees and honey and farming and all of that good stuff. And I wish you the best in your business. You know, I'm always in the background cheering you on. I don't ask for discounts, even though I want to. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. I've never asked you for a discount on honey. (laughs) On honey. On honey, I've never asked you. Now, his accounting services, I have asked for discounts. So, I definitely That business was a failure. (laughs) For those people listening, I got out of that. Right. Yeah, he's not into that anymore, but... I mean, it, he's a great accountant. I wish he would have stayed into it, but I guess people didn't appreciate it. It's part no, of part no. of the learning process. That's part of the learning process. Some yeah. people just don't understand what goes into taxes and accounting, and they just think it's, like, oh, it's just a couple of pieces of paper that you have to fill out. Yeah, it's a little bit more than that. Yeah, so. it's a lot more than that, and I have asked for discounts on that one, but... Uh, so did everybody else. Don't you worry. Okay. No, <laughs> no one wanted to pay for the accounting services, so... Yeah, what but everybody wanted, time. everybody else wanted, you, they wanted you to do their taxes, though. Exactly. <laughs> everybody wanted their taxes done for free. Like, well, you're just a CPA, just fill this out. Right. Look, it don't go like that. So right. I got out of that. So now I work with the bees. They're a lot more friendly. Yeah. You know? And I can, I can throw a handful of bees at my enemies if I need to. Oh, my God. All right, Marcus, don't thanks for, me. you're crazy. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for being on the podcast today. I wish you the I best. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Uh, no problem. And you guys go check out his website, www.pollageproduce.com. If you're looking to follow me on any of my social platforms, you can follow me on Instagram at Kendra's Treasures, TikTok at Kendra's Treasures, Facebook, I think it's Kendra's Treasure underscore underscore chest. And you can find me on Twitter at Kendra's Treasure without an S on the end because Twitter has a fun little requirement that your name has to be only 15 characteristics long. So it's Kendra's Treasure on Twitter. I was luckily able to get everything, almost everything converted over to Kendra's Treasures. So you can pretty much search me anywhere. You can also Google me and it'll pull up my podcast. Um, And you can find me, follow me, subscribe, like, interact with me on social networks because I'm always looking for interaction Um, I'm always posting videos, mainly of me hula hooping, but I do post things related to the podcast as well. So follow me, like my pages, subscribe, and leave reviews on the podcast platforms. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode. I can't wait to talk to you guys next time. One more thing before I go. In honor of this being episode 10, I'm going to give 10 shout outs on the next episode or between the next episode and now depending on the amount of inquiries that I get so shoot me a message on Facebook Instagram um, or Twitter and let me know if you would like to be shouted out it doesn't have to be business it could just be your name or something personal as long as it's appropriate I will shout you out on my next episode so if you need to hit rewind and go back and hear all of my social platforms go find go listen go find them Send me a message so you can get your shout out.